Hello, everyone. Welcome back to LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder. Now, this episode goes against the grain a little bit as our guest Rory Vaden talks about how an often perceived negative could actually be the key to time management. Now, Rory is a self-disciplined strategist, as well as the co-founder of the international training company Southwestern Consulting, and he's also a New York Times bestselling author, and he has another book out now, which we will talk about in a moment. Rory, thanks for coming on the show. Tim, thank you for having me. Well, Rory, obviously we have you here to talk a little bit about uh, the book, Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time, but really dive into a little bit more of the idea of things like time management and, of course, procrastination. I guess I want to start with the idea of time management. What do you see as being a common or a big myth that people have about it? Well, there's a lot of myths. And, you know, the very first sentence in the book says everything you know about time management is wrong. Oh, nice. And that's <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically the conclusion we came to after after going on this sort of three-year study. And one example is multitasking. Multitasking mm. is a huge myth, sure. and it is it is rooted in what we call era one time management thinking. So era one time management thinking was it really, as a body of work, time management developed around the 50s and 60s based on the heels of sort of manufacturing. And the core strategy was efficiency. How do we do things more efficiently? Mm-hmm. And, you know, all things being equal, efficiency is, is good, but efficiency has a very limit. It has a limitation as it relates to our time. It has a point of diminishing returns, which is evidenced by the fact that all of us are carrying around miniature computers in our pockets. Right. We have more, you know, more technology than ever. And yet we're, we're never caught up and we're still kind of falling behind. That was kind of the, the pervasive mode of thought until the late 80s. And then you see the emergence of prioritizing your mm-hmm. time and largely spurred by the late Dr. Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And Dr. Covey basically introduced a two-dimensional mode of thinking where you score your activities or your tasks based on importance and urgency, and then you focus first on whatever matters most which is what prioritizing is. Right. And, and prioritizing, you know, Tim, it's, it's also very valuable, but it too has a huge limitation that nobody ever talks about. There's nothing about prioritizing that creates more time. Hmm. So all prioritizing does is it takes item number seven in your to-do list and it bumps it up to number one, which can be valuable, but it, it doesn't help you create time to achieve the other things on your list. So it's more like you're borrowing time from one thing to focus on another. And think about how much the world has changed since 1989, you know, when Seven Habits came out. It's it's radically different. We have social media and and email and and text messages and all all the stuff to keep up with. And so what is happening is now we live in a constant state of urgency, constantly in interruptions. So what we started to notice in our ultra-performing coaching clients, we have about 900 active clients. Uh, We coach mostly salespeople and entrepreneurs and executives. And so we noticed that they have evolved to a third dimension of time management, which we are now calling significance. And they have learned to multiply their time by making the significance calculation. So in one sentence, the way you multiply time is by giving yourself permission to spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. And we call that the significance calculation. And, and that's what they do is they learn how to live significant rather than falling victim to urgent. That is very interesting. Uh, the idea of urgency, I think, obviously is spot on. Everybody can attest to that, whether it's in the workplace or obviously personally as well. 
I did want to touch just briefly on the prioritizing part that you mentioned. I think you did a great job of explaining how it doesn't necessarily create time. Why is it seen then, I, we hear it all the time still as a as supposedly an effective use of time management because you want those things that are most important at the top. How do you change that perspective or why do we still have that perception that prioritization is good time management? Okay, so there's two questions there. One is why is it that way? And two is how do you, how do you fix it? You know, the reason why it's there is because most of what you hear about time management is repurposed, rehashed material. It's not really original thinking. It's, it's more of a synthesis of what's out there. And what we learned from multipliers is that, you know, creating the next level of results requires the next level of thinking. So that's why it's out there. As to the, the more important question about what do we do with it and how do we apply it, it's not that you're going to stop doing, that you're going to stop prioritizing. Right. Just like it's not like we're saying efficiency is bad. It's how you prioritize is going to be different. So for example, the modern day to-do list is put together by most of us by asking the question, what is the most important thing I, I have to do today? Okay. Well, where you need to take your thinking is to, to, if you want to be like a multiplier, is multipliers, some of them do, do use to-do lists. A lot of them do. But the way they put it together is different. It's not so much in the trick or the tip that you're using. It's in the thinking. Mm. And their thinking is, what can I do today that creates more time tomorrow? By thinking that way, they put more of an emphasis and a weight on the significant activities, which you otherwise might not do. None of us have an extra two hours in our day to set up online bill pay. We just don't. We're busy. We're maxed. We don't have two extra hours. Mm -hmm. But when you say, I don't have time to set up online bill pay, you're living in the world of the urgency only calculation. You're only thinking about today. Multipliers, when they make the significance calculation, they're thinking about how does this play out in the future? And they go, wow, if spending two hours today is going to save me 30 minutes every month, then four months from now, I'm going to break even on that investment of time. And then every month thereafter, I'm getting what we call in the book, ROTI, return on time invested. You can't make that calculation if you don't have the significance perspective. That is a very intriguing way to look at it. And I think it, to our listeners, I'm sure it makes a lot of sense. And to break it down in that sort of you know, numerical way to give people that example, I think is perfect when we talk about that. An interesting note that I had seen in some items that were passed along to me is the idea that time management isn't logical, but rather it's emotional. And it's interesting to hear that because even what you just broke down there sounds extremely logical. Explain why you might see it a little differently, though. And almost everything that you, you read about time management is tips and tricks, tools and technologies, calendars, and checklists. The logic that we're providing here is, is background and, and, and a foundation to help you make what is really an emotional decision or five emotional decisions, which is where the subtitle comes from, the five permissions. And, and here's, here's how it happened. Like, here's how I had my big realization. <laughs> it was from a two-year-old. I was with my business partner, Dustin, and it was a Saturday morning and we had a huge international meeting. All of our top leaders from Southwestern Consulting were, literally flew in from around the world. And so I'm picking him up and it's early Saturday morning and his little two-year-old baby girl named Haven comes running down the hallway and she's the cutest like little darling. She has curly little brown hair and <laughs> these big, sweet brown eyes, you know, and a little Southern accent developing and, and she latches onto his leg and she says, daddy, where are you going? And he says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby Haven. You know, daddy has to go to work. And she looks up at him and her eyes well up with tears. And she says, no, daddy 
please, no work today, daddy, no. <laughs> and, and my heart broke to him. And in that moment, I realized two things. The first one was that I'm not ready to have children just yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice uh, thought. <laughs> um, but the second one was that, you know what, even though everything you read about time management is, is tips and tricks and technology and apps and stuff, time management isn't just logical. It's emotional. And our feelings of guilt and fear and anxiety and our need to feel successful and valued, those things dictate how we choose to spend our time as much as anything. And yet that human element has been completely ignored. So when you talk about the five permissions to multiply your time, which is the subtitle of the book, they're all logical things you can do. Eliminate, automate, delegate, concentrate, and procrastinate on purpose, which is where the title of the book comes from. But the logical part it's not knowing what you should do, like delegating. You know you should delegate, but it's the emotional reason why you don't do it that's really fascinating, hmm. which in the case of delegate is the, what we call the permission of imperfect. I think it's a great story, first of all, as far as uh, the little girl and how you tie that in with the emotional side. So I do think listeners can appreciate that and really connect on a certain level there. You mentioned those five permissions, and you know we're not going to have time, obviously, to go through all of them. We don't want to give away all the secrets either. I did want to ask about the term procrastinate, because that obviously has an extremely bad reputation in most places. I personally uh, hold that word near and dear to my heart, as I told my team today when I was going to do this story today. But uh, talk about that a little bit and how maybe you're looking at it from a different perspective that does put it in a positive spin. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked, because that is a very radical part of this. Much of the book is built around this framework we call the focus funnel, and it is a visual depiction that multipliers use that they go through in their head subconsciously to evaluate what tasks they should do uh, and which ones they shouldn't do. And if you picture the funnel, at the top of the funnel is eliminate, in the middle of the funnel is automate, at the bottom of the funnel is delegate. Okay. So when, it, when an email comes in, for example, or a task, they ask themselves, can this be eliminated? Can this be automated? Can it be delegated? If it can, they, they're going to do one of those things. But if it cannot be eliminated, automated, or delegated, then that task falls out the bottom of the funnel. So then the only remaining question, because now you know it must be done and it must be done by you. So the only remaining question is, must this task be done now, which is concentrate, that's the permission to protect, or can this task wait until later? Hmm. And if you decide that it can wait until later, then we are encouraging you and inviting you and challenging you to not eliminate, automate, delegate, or concentrate, but to procrastinate on purpose. And so you pop that activity back to the top of the funnel and it enters into a holding pattern as it cycles through. And then what happens is it will either be eliminated, automated, delegated, or concentrated on at some point in the future. We're actually inviting people to wait till the last minute which is very hard for people like me to hear. You know, I'm this chronic <laughs> overachiever, like addictive taskmaster, right? Sure. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like, what do you mean wait until the last minute? That's crazy. I've, <laughs> I've never heard that. That's so scary. Well, there's power in waiting to the last minute. You don't want to wait until after the last minute. Okay, after the last minute is usually what we're talking about. And that's like over, like when we think of the negative parts of waiting, mm -hmm. that's like overnight shipping charges and stress and being <laughs> up late. And that's not what we're talking about. Most of us recognize that there is a cost of waiting too long. That is the cost of waiting until after the last minute. Well, what we started to notice is that today there is also a huge risk of cost of acting too early. We call it unexpected change cost. 
And, and here's a practical example, Tim. Let's say that I have a flight six months from now and I'm, I want to book my flight. The taskmaster in me goes, oh, I want to get that done and crossed off my list. Sure. The problem with the world today, not the problem, just a dynamic that is different today than the world was 25 years ago with all these other more archaic kind of strategies is that things change. Everything changes. Gov- you know, weather changes. The dates change. Regulations change. Mm-hmm. Taxes change. And so doing something early is not the same as creating more time. That's just taking something from tomorrow, moving it in today, and, and then adding the risk of unexpected change costs. If a month before my travel, uh, before I have to travel, my plans change, and it's like, oh, I have to come in a day early or stay a day later. Well, now what happens is I have to spend the, the time of rework. It's basically the cost of, I have to rebook that flight, which is time I wouldn't be spending. And not just time, it's also money. The, the airline is going to charge me right. a fee to, to change that flight. So there's a risk of being too early as well. I really have enjoyed your perspective on this, as well as the illustrations and the practical examples you've been able to give. I think that always helps the listeners really connect with what you're talking about. And hopefully they can take some of these ideas and, and use it for themselves. We are getting a little low on time, but I wanted to give you the opportunity here. If there's something we didn't really touch on or something you wanted to emphasize for the listeners, obviously, if they want to get all the details, they can find the book that's Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. What would you want to leave the listeners with today, though, from our conversation? Well, one thing that we have done, because so much of this is radical, I mean, the whole the time management is emotional, not logical, and significant, and not urgency. And if you go to procrastinateonpurpose.com, we posted a free one-hour webinar where I explain in detail the focus funnel, and you can kind of get exposed to that. And then there's links, of course, to a special offer where you can buy the book. But procrastinateonpurpose.com, completely free one-hour webinar. And so, you know, other than that, I I just want to say it's so good to be here. And, you know, no matter who you are, remember, success is never owned. Success is only rented. And the rent is due every day. Well said, Rory. A great place to leave us off today. Thank you once again for coming on the show. My pleasure. All the best to you, my friend. That will wrap it up for this edition of Moving Up the Ladder. Once again, we are speaking with Rory Vaden. He is a co-founder of the international training company Southwestern Consulting. He also has a book out that I would suggest you check out. That is Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. If you want to get in touch with us, maybe suggest another topic for our show, send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or find us on Twitter at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.